0: Jack is in the belt, getting 20 feet up! Jack could turn a ring into a riot scene, quick.
1: No! Oh,
0: holy But that was his job. He f***ed some people's lives up. He stabbed the dude during a match. Yikes. He always had some type of razor, taser, staple gun. In a world
1: where the lines of fiction and reality are blurred... No one pushed the boundaries further than Jerome Young, a.k.a. New Jack.
0: I'm not selling out for y'all. If you don't like
1: me, the hell with all of you. The line in wrestling between cooperation and physical assault is blurred. You can only go so far without your opponent knowing that it's coming. But how far is too far? you, man. You know what you did. Period. And what happens when a wrestler lost in his character
0: is set loose in a world that rewards extreme violence? You want to talk that big boy shit to me? I would dare you to come to my face and say that shit. I would dare you. I eat your ass alive. I dare you.
2: Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is a Retro Wrestling Podcast Extra As we take a look at Vice's dark side of the ring, The Life and Crimes of New Jack. Of course, Jerome Young, who passed away this year, May 14th, 2021. He was born January 3rd, 1963, as Jerome Young, a little bit of his background He was born in Greensboro, North Carolina. When he was five years old, he and his siblings witnessed his father stab his mother multiple times. Then they spent years moving across Georgia. He actually did have some success in sports in high school down in Atlanta. And uh, he backed up future Georgia Tech starter Daryl Norton on offense and started on defense. He showed a talent for press coverage and chose to attend Clark Atlanta University. But then Jerome Young and his friends eventually started robbing stores, gas stations, sporting goods stores, and jewelry stores. And the rest, you could say, is history. Of course, that led to him becoming an avid user of cocaine. This episode of Dark Side of the Ring premiered March thirty first, 2020, so what seems like an eternity ago. And there's a couple of things that the documentary skims over um, that he got his start in the USWA. Uh, It does mention that he was trained by Ray Candy, but he actually debuted in Memphis, and he won the Tag Team Championship there with his partner Homeboy, defeating Simply Divine, and he held the title for two weeks before he lost it and then moved on to North Georgia Wrestling Alliance. He paired up with WCW enhancement talent Mustafa, and formed the gangsters. That's right, he formed the gangsters in North Georgia Wrestling Alliance. They vacated the titles when they left for Smoky Mountain Wrestling, which is where Dark Side of the Ring sort of picks up on his career, which of course was Jim Cornette's territory in the southeast, mainly out of Knoxville. Uh, They came through Chattanooga. They came through a lot of other southern cities. Then, of course, Jack would move on to ECW, where he became most notable for his run-ins with the law, including the mass transit incident, which is covered in this episode, as well as his dive um, fall, if you will, with Vic Grimes, which he would later rekindle that. In XPW, which the documentary also focuses on. He also did some time in TNA after ECW folded and XPW was done. And then he went on the independent circuit. And up until up until recently was on Cameo. You could get a Cameo from New Jack. Yeah, Cameo from New Jack. You could order a, a nice little message from New Jack, which the Crime and Sports podcast has a great episode on New Jack. If you want to go to... Great depth on the life and crimes of New Jack. I highly suggest you check out Crime in Sports. They have a very detailed rundown of the life of Jerome Young. But this podcast will take a look at Vice's Dark Side of the Ring episode on Jerome Young, which was titled The Life and Crimes of New Jack. The show opens with all the interviewees weighing in on New Jack. Jericho says, What happens when a wrestler lost in his character? is set loose in a world that rewards extreme violence. After the intro, Jericho briefly explains what extreme wrestling is. We get Jim Cornette weighing in on Jerome's shady past. Well, it's kind of fuzzy because, I mean, Jerome Young knew Jack claims to have justifiable homicides in his past. He didn't join gangs, but a bunch of his crime went largely undocumented. We don't really know a lot about Jerome Young's past outside of what he tells us and What he tells us, who knows where the line between reality and story is because Jerome Young, the line between Jerome Young and New Jack has definitely blurred since he got into professional wrestling. D'Lo Brown is on this documentary. He says, this dude is for real. Sandman of ECW fame says, if you fuck with New Jack, he will kill you. Which, he might not actually kill you, but... It's going to get it pretty close, if he can. New Jack, of course, got the idea for the name New Jack because he went to go see the film New Jack City before he got into wrestling and was trained by Ray Candy. Ray told him, create something you've never seen before. Well, we've never seen someone like New Jack before or since.
0: Ray Candy. Well, I got in a ring with him, and he was like, trust me, let me train you. And then he told me something one day that my head up so bad. You got to create something that you've never seen before. I said, what kind of mind is that? You want to create a character, create something you've never seen before. When
1: I saw Jack come out, he just instantly picked up the energy in the room and people reacted to it.
2: Cornette talks about bringing new Jack into Smoky Mountain and they play a few of his promos from Smoky Mountain, which were classic. I mean, these were this would never fly in today's pc culture definitely cancel culture yeah smoky mountain would have been kicked off the air um seconds after new jack opened his mouth i do believe in 2021
0: i don't care nothing about these hillbillies not liking me get in this ring and i'll beat you like i
1: own you if eddie murphy was a bad guy wrestler instead of a comedian it would be new jack he could talk non-stop and he could say these things in an entertaining way but he would make you hate him the Smoky Mountain Wrestling audience was predominantly white, predominantly redneck and hillbilly. All you had to say was, New Jack, go out, piss some white people off, and the rest was up to him. And it was gold. It was genius.
0: i like to send a special yes, shout-out to my homeboy, O.J. Simpson. Keep up the good work, baby. Two less we got to worry about. You understand? Keep up the good work. I was like, I want these to believe what I'm doing. I want him to believe what I'm saying is real.
2: New Jack used all the racial tension in real life, of course, concerning the L.A. riots. O.J. Simpson, who New Jack says was killing everyone out in California, and models his character after West Coast rap, so uh, mainly N.W.A., like Black and Silver, Oakland Raiders, White Sox, Black and White, that kind of stuff, that was where... The gear that he chose came from. That's what inspired it, was West Coast rap. They play the promo where he tells OJ to keep up the good work killing Caucasians. Two less Caucasians to deal with. Cornette talks about forming the gangsters with Mustafa, saying Mustafa couldn't really work the mic, but pairing him with New Jack was a natural fit. They play another New Jack promo where he calls out some more white people. D'Lo Brown... Before he was in the Nation of Domination and before he was in the WWF, he was the head of the security for the gangsters a very unenviable task as he was the one taking bumps for the team so that they would keep looking strong and D'Lo was the fall guy, much like in the Nation of Domination where D'Lo was also the guy taking bumps uh, instead of Farouk. Sandman claims that Mustafa smoked pencil shavings at one point, new jack weighs in on this and says yes he saw him doing that and even new jack as crazy as we think new jack jerome young is he was like no he's he's not gonna do that and he tells a story where mustafa was getting arrested while he was high perhaps on pencil shavings and he thought the cops were going to fuck him
0: mustafa's crazy bro the
1: dude was rolling pencil shavings in one of those blunt things and he wanted me to smoke it with him i'm like no dude i'm good
0: was Mustafa smoking pencil shavings. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> He's like, Jack, this is some new shit. He had pencil shavings. He had some shit he had found growing on the side of the building in the bag. I said, if you smoke this shit, it's going to come back and haunt you one day. He's like, no, man, this is some good shit, man. I'm fed up right now. You're a trap. So we sit in the hotel. I hate the knock at the door. So I said, Jack, Mustafa downstairs fighting the cops. So we dropped everything. They had him handcuffed, face down. He blowing snot on the floor. And this is what Mustafa was saying. F- don't you? I know you want to f*** me. And I said, like, wait the f***. Man? I said, like, what the f*** is wrong with you? He was like, no, Jack, they want to f- me. Everybody want to f-
2: me. I said, Mustafa, you lost your goddamn mind. New Jack recounts a time when he brought out a white baby doll with a noose hanging around it to a Smoky Mountain Wrestling show. Then Cornette describes an angle where the gangsters beat the Rock and Roll Express, recreating the Rodney King beating. And New Jack describes that angle after they destroyed Ricky Morton in the ring, they had to have a police escort to get them out of Knoxville. Cornette mentions the NAACP wrote a letter to Smoky Mountain Wrestling and to their broadcast partners talking about how New Jack was... Not a good example for the African-American community. So, of course, New Jack cuts a promo on the NAACP. And after that, Cornette decided, well, let's let's lean into this thing a little bit. So they started throwing up disclaimers whenever the gangsters would be cutting their promos, saying that they didn't reflect the values of Smoky Mountain Wrestling or the uh, television station.
1: The NAACP in Knoxville had called, and we don't think this is a good representation. So Jack took that, and he said... Some Negroes down in
0: Knoxville calling themselves the NAACP or something or another. They don't like me. I say it once and I say it again. The hell with them homegrown monkeys.
1: Huh. Right, so from that point on, we started putting up a disclaimer. The views of the gangsters are not necessarily those of Smoky Mountain Wrestling or this station.
0: You thought we maybe we was cotton pickers? Wrong. Maybe you thought you had your, some homegrown Negroes?
2: Working in Smoky Mountain was bittersweet for New Jack because they enjoyed what they were doing, but it was actually causing actual racial tension, which is never fun to walk out to the ring and hear the N-word being screamed at you, which is what was happening. But that's what they wanted to happen. So it's kind of a catch-22 situation where you want to get heat, but hearing the N-word hurled at you is not exactly something that's fun. Would you say that that period in Smoking
0: Mountain, like, was that fun? No. To have somebody calling you a nigger, I ain't got damn used to that shit. I said, I can't get used to it, and I ain't gonna try to get used to it. The gangsters were literally a microcosm of what was going on in society at that time. And you drop us in the middle of the South, the N-word was freely thrown around like you would say hello. It was uncomfortable. But if they didn't say that, then we weren't touching that nerve. It's a pretty strange concept, yes. I I want someone to hurl racial slurs at me.
2: New Jack tells a story about how a white kid rubbed his arm to see if his arm would turn black because his father told him that if he rubbed the arm of a black man, that it's somehow contagious and that your skin turns black.
0: I had this little boy come with me one day. He said, can I shake your hand? I stuck my hand out and he rubbed my arm. And looked at his hand. I said, "Why'd you rub my arm and then look at your hand?" He said, "I'm sorry. My dad told me if you rub a black person's arm, it rub off on you, and you turn black." I was just like, "You little shit,"
2: which is just horrible. But I hate to admit it, but when I was in elementary school, I heard similar things like that from my classmates. I went to a very, um, a very white elementary school. I think there was maybe one african-american person in our entire school so i heard very bad stuff like that and living in the south and it was also a school that was at the northern part of our county and let's just say it gets a little woodsy out there i guess is the way to describe it so I, i i've heard similar Things to that so I believe New Jack's story here and also New Jack comes across very honest even if he is exaggerating certain details of stories or whatever New Jack is a great storyteller which is why he's had such a great career in wrestling is because he's an excellent character he's an excellent storyteller he's not really a great wrestler I've never really been a big fan of his actual wrestling work but his character is something that deserves some praise because you need people like New Jack, unique characters, even if they're not great wrestlers. Now, the documentary shifts to when the gangsters get hired by Paul Heyman and ECW. Cornette says he understood why they had to take the money and go. Sandman went out to meet him and said the gangsters fit right in. They show a few highlights of New Jack's ECW matches, and then we sidetrack for a second. And New Jack talks about his dark childhood, where I mentioned his dad stabbed his mom in front of the family. Then, when she tried to leave him, he shot her in the back of the leg. My childhood was f***. I had a daddy that was
0: an alcoholic. He hated my mom. One night, she came home from work. When she walked in the door, he pulled out a knife, and he stabbed her five times. He stabbed her. In front of the whole family. He didn't give up. He stabbed her. A few months later, she was like, I'm leaving. She picked me up. Try to put me in the car. He shot her in the back of the leg. This is what I grew up around. And I'm like, you wonder why sometimes I flip the f*** out?
2: Not a good childhood for Jerome Young. Then they go back to ECW and get into the mass transit incident, the easily the most infamous moment of New Jack's career. The most talked about moment, I do believe, is the mass transit incident. This was brought up on the Rise and Fall of ECW DVD that the WWE put out. This has been brought up many times. The footage of it is online, and you can find it, and it made, I believe it was A Current Affair, a hard copy that did this story. So this made national news, and it almost kept ECW from getting on pay-per-view. So they get into the Mass Transit incident. Tiny the Terrible was a mini wrestler who worked with Mass Transit. Mass Transit being 17-year-old Eric Koulos. And before we get into talking about the Mass Transit incident, we learn a little bit about Tiny the Terrible. He shows us video of him on Jerry Springer. Talks about how he wants to eventually make it into the WWF. That was his goal. And Tiny worked with Mass Transit because Mass Transit was a massive man. Yes, he was full of mass, and he was a bus driver gimmick-looking person. He kind of looked like an even bigger big boss man, and he was 17 years old, and so his gimmick was to go out and work with minis and have them beat him, despite him being a giant. And so this is what got them work on The local indie circuit. Then we get some ECW officials. Stu Kaplan, who was the head of security for ECW, and John Donovan, who was the referee, they recount the mass transit uh, incident by talking about him showing up for the ECW show. Mass transit got there and walked to the back with the minis and hoped to get on the car. That's what a lot of Local wrestlers would do is just show up and hope that somebody no-showed and that they could get booked on the card. And that's what happened this night. Axel Rotten no-showed. He had some sort of family incident, so they needed a replacement. And Mass Transit said, okay, I'll do it. I'll fill in. And so he's going to tag up with Devon Dudley and take on the gangsters. And then Tiny and the other many who worked with Mass Transit, were SOL, shit out of luck, basically. So Mass Transit went into business for himself, where later on that night, New Jack would go into business for himself. Actually go into business for Mass Transit because Mass Transit wanted this to happen. But we'll get into that in a second. New Jack claims that he warned Paul Heyman about what he'd do to Mass Transit. New Jack says Mass Transit asked if he could get some of his shit in. And this set New Jack off. Rookies are not supposed to be able to tell veterans what they'd like to do. New Jack was supposed to lay out the match in New Jack's mind. And in the rules of wrestling, that's pretty common, I guess. And anyway, this set New Jack off because Mass Transit was saying, yeah, can I put you through a table? Can I do this? Can I hit this move? New Jack wasn't having any of that.
0: He came up to me and he was like, can I do this? Backdrop you out of the ring. To a table, and I said, F- "No, that's one of the most disrespectful things that you could do as a wrestler to come to a vet and tell him what you want to do."
1: <laughs> so that's what pissed Jack off. All right, now it all makes sense. Why Jack was like, "I'm gonna cut this."
0: He wanted me to cut him. He had already pissed me off at the time, so I was like, "I'm good with it. I'll cut the shit out of you." I ain't try to kill him, but I want him to go close to death.
2: And unfortunately, one of the things Mass Transit asked New Jack to do was to uh, blade him. This was a very bad idea. New Jack tells us he had been getting high all day. A common theme through all the New Jack stories is how high New Jack was on cocaine through most of these incidents. Well, the match goes a little bit like this. The gangsters toss Yvonne out of the ring, and then New Jack just destroys Mass Transit with plunder. But then New Jack took it a step too far. He had a surgical scalpel in his pocket, which he had attached to a stick. And when it was time for Mass Transit to do color, New Jack decided to cut very deeply into Mass Transit's forehead.
0: I had a surgical scalpel. the long and I had it taped to a stick. So I stuck him in the forehead a couple of times and did not happen. See, I just sliced him and blood was keeping out. I'm sure you saw it. And I beat the shot of the kid. His father was there in the audience. Mustafa picked him up and slammed him. He was bleeding everywhere. The referee didn't even come to the goddamn ring. I'm standing there. I know I can see over my
2: shoulder they need paramedics, but New Jack was firing up the crowd. At that point, I'm like, okay, let's just get him out. I knew we were part of history. And you can hear on the tape, mass transit's dad is ringside screaming to stop the match now mass transit also in addition to lying about his age saying that he was 21 he also lied and said that he was trained by killer kowalski who was at the match that night and who could have verified the story and this wouldn't have happened at all but it did and this is the aftermath here so while mass transit is in the ring bleeding to death New Jack cuts a promo on Mass Transit where he says he hopes he bleeds to death, but then Mass Transit plays into it and makes the crowd think that he's okay. And as he's carted off, gives the double middle fingers to the crowd. Still working, even though he is in a great deal of pain. New Jack claims that Mass Transit's father called him the N word. Tiny then says Mass Transit's dad almost left them behind. The mini wrestlers almost got left behind when it was time to take Mass Transit to the hospital. But Tiny managed to get a ride somehow, anyway. Mass Transit got 50 stitches, and New Jack gets charged with assault and battery. The DA offered New Jack five years, but his attorney says, we can beat this case. So now we go to the trial. Tiny testifies at the trial against Mass Transit, so since Mass Transit had turned on him at the ECW show... Tiny testified against him. Paul Heyman is called to testify, and he says that Mass Transit's dad called Jack the N-word. And Jack said that Heyman was working the jury throughout his testimony, and then we learn that New Jack gets acquitted. He gets off on this charge based on Mass Transit lying about his age and also asking him to blade him. Then we find out that Mass Transit Eric Koulos passed away in 2002 from complications from gastric bypass surgery. New Jack says, I don't care. I didn't do it. Whatever. And then we're led to believe by the narrator that once he got away with the mass transit incident, New Jack upped his game and he started doing more dives and doing a lot more coke during his wrestling shows. New Jack now brings up the Vic Grimes incident This is when Jack and Vic were supposed to dive off a scaffold together. This was on an ECW pay-per-view. This was at Living Dangerously 2000. So Vic had agreed to do this dive with Jack off of a scaffold. And when they got up to the top of the scaffold, Vic Grimes refused to leap with New Jack. So New Jack decided, I'm just going to drag him off of the scaffold. Well, this ended badly as Jack slammed into the concrete and then had the weight of Vic Grimes slam into his head as well. He lost sight in his left eye and cracked his skull.
0: When we climbed up on top of the scaffold, it was shaking. Vic was like, I can't do it, it's too high. Now we're on pay per view. There's no time for error. I said, Vic, let's go on three. He said, Jack, I can't do it. I said, F you, we're going on three. I said, One, two, three, and I pulled him. He did this flip and his back landed up against the side of my, my head and I cracked my skull. I never recovered from that. I broke my leg. I lost my sight in my right eye to this day. I get headaches every day and I have insomnia because I cracked my skull. Vic, so this is all your fault, you dumb.
2: So, not a good result from that. And years later, after ECW folded, we fast forward to now ECW is done. New Jack is now working different promotions as hardcore wrestling, at least. Its popularity, I'm not going to say ended, because we've had stuff like CZW and Nick Gage and other hardcore wrestlers emerge since this time. But its popularity definitely um, slowed down a bit uh, after... The early 2000s. But that doesn't stop New Jack because in XPW, New Jack gets his revenge on Vic Grimes. They had a scaffold match. New Jack told everyone in the locker room he's going to tase Vic Grimes. So they climb to the top of the scaffold and sure enough, Jack lives up to his promise. He tases Vic Grimes so that he is unable to move his legs, basically. Jack lifts him up and then throws him off of the scaffold tries to throw him onto the concrete according to Jack but he hits tables which saved his life honestly and then the ropes that bounced him back into the ring and by some miracle Vic Grimes only had an ankle injury
1: this is the highest
0: elevation of any match in the history of our sport well, I mean I was high <laughs> You know what I mean I was high as f-, so I just tased him I tell you the shit, I, 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 I can't feel my legs. I you ain't going to need them.
2: Bombs away! Now they get into Gypsy Joe. In 2003, New Jack faced a 72-year-old wrestler named Gypsy Joe, who's a legend in the Southeast. New Jack forgot how old he was, probably from doing a lot of drugs. Now, Gypsy Joe's gimmick was that he didn't sell, because he was a tough guy, okay? Well, New Jack probably forgot that that was sort of his gimmick and during the match Jack got a barbed wire bat and smashed Gypsy Joe the crowd started chanting the N-word at him and Jack claims that's what fanned the flames and just he just destroyed poor Gypsy Joe
0: so then I got they listen to these fans go home near. F- near and then I was pissed I started beating Joe like he owed F- owe me money I beat the shit out of him outside the ring I got a bat I had a bar while I wrapped around him. <laughs> Hit him in the head like three times. Jack just said, f- This old man. I threw a row of chairs on him and they got louder. Go home, nigga, you f- nigga. And dude, the more they said it, the more pissed off I got. And I beat the shit out of 100 year old man.
2: Cornette mentions that WWE would never touch New Jack because of the risk, and it's easy to see why, because we're not done with infamous New Jack run-ins. No, 2004 comes around, so a year later, New Jack was booked by a guy named MWW in Jacksonville. MWW gets into a bit of Jerome Young away from the ring and mentions that New Jack is a great cook. He makes a great spaghetti. He had a promotion in Jacksonville, MWW did, and he had a wrestler named Hunter Red, who wanted to wrestle New Jack, and the promoter tries to warn Hunter Red that's a whole different ball game. And when New Jack wanted to uh, talk over the match, Hunter Red just got fed up in the middle of it and got up and left. So New Jack decides to tune up for this match by drinking a ton of vodka and snorting a bunch of Coke. Hunter Red starts the match by shooting on Jack in the corner. Very bad idea, punching him in the nose. Well, New Jack had a blade from a Wolverine-type glove, he described it. He had an extra blade, and, well, he slipped that into his pocket before the match, and so he brings it out and just repeatedly stabs Hunter Red in the back. We have Dilo and Jim Cornette watching this, and Cornette watches it and says, what the fuck? New Jack says he stuck him nine times with the blade, so he gets arrested again.
0: I stuck him, like, nine times. On the news, they said 16. I said, no, it was nine. I counted it
2: was nine. MWW claims that when New Jack was being arrested, a cop asked him, why do you hate white people so much? New Jack faces 15 years for this one. But an unlikely savior comes to his rescue as Hunter Red comes to jail to visit New Jack, says, hey, man. Let's go on the road together and I'll drop the charges. We can tour the country and it'll be Hunter Red wants his revenge on New Jack. So a few days later, Hunter Red dropped the charges because New Jack said, sure. Yeah, I'll do that. He dropped the charges. New Jack left Florida never saw Hunter Red again. So uh, New Jack worked Hunter Red into dropping serious charges against him. So once again, New Jack beats the rap we start to close the documentary new jack talks about his relationship with his mom and dad briefly again he says he flips out because his family life was so messed up
0: i mean it was on the news and my mom saw it she was like oh my god i can't believe you up there and you stabbed somebody in the ring you should be ashamed of yourself i'm like bitch it was a show what the leave me alone you know what i mean because me and my mom we never got along she didn't back me when i was wrestling only, bitch, I got action figures in Toys R Us. How many of your f- friends and son got action figures in Toys R Us? My dad died when I was five. He died when I was five, but I remember the, f- the shit he did before he died. And I'm like, you wonder why sometimes I flip the f- out? Because I was raised in a family that was f- retarded. So I'm like, if I show up for a show And I go out there and do my thing. Be grateful that I ain't attacking your ass. You know know what I mean?
2: Then they asked the interviewees, is there a difference between Jerome Young and New Jack? And nobody seems to have an answer. And in sort of a a sad ending here to the documentary is that the uh, producers asked New Jack, could you describe the ending of the New Jack biography film the biopic about New Jack, if they ever made one, he said, "Here's, here's how it ends. It's just him in a wheelchair snorting coke saying thank you, bitches, with his middle fingers in the air. And that is Dark Side of the Ring, the life and crimes of New Jack. Unfortunately, Jerome Young, on May 14th, 2021, died of a heart attack in the afternoon at his Greensboro, North Carolina home ...at the age of just 58, and his wife uh, reported it to PW Insider. So, New Jack passing away just uh, about a month ago. A very unexpected end to the wild life of New Jack. I thought this documentary really hit the the main points, the bullet points about New Jack's career. It didn't get too in-depth, but it's only an hour long... And once again, there are plenty of shoot interviews with New Jack, Jerome Young, so you can go back and watch those anytime on YouTube if you want a more complete picture. As complete picture as you're, you're going to get because, well, it's really a mystery. There's a lot of mystery between New Jack and Jerome Young and where the lines blur and what was real and what wasn't, and it's really, that's, that's sort of the beauty of his character and of his career is that, is he that crazy? Yeah, it it certainly seems like it. I'm going to have to say yes, but maybe not. Maybe in his personal life, he was actually quite calm. Now, he was probably using drugs still, and during this documentary, he was drinking vodka and orange juice, so I'm sure the, the drinking and the drug abuse was still going on in his personal life. But Jerome Young, away from the ring, was he just an extension of New Jack? Did he morph into the character he created, or was New Jack always really who he was and just came out because of his troubled childhood and his upbringing, moving house to house in Georgia and through the Southeast. But I think for a non-wrestling fan, this is a very good documentary. It hits all the high points, the mass transit incident, Gypsy Joe, Vic Grimes, the things that, I mean, at the top of his Wikipedia pages, those are mentioned right off the bat. Those are the most famous moments From his career, but it also shows you a few promos from Smoky Mountain Wrestling, a lot of great clips that I think wrestling fans would enjoy. And honestly, heading into this episode of Dark Side of the Ring last year, I didn't look very much forward to it because, like I said, I'm not a real big fan of New Jack because in professional wrestling, and Jim Cornette sort of mentions this throughout this Dark Side of the Ring episode. Um, The goal is to not injure your opponent. That's the two guys go out there, put on a good show, but at the end of the day, you both walk home. And New Jack had no concern for the safety of the performers that he was working with. He was also working under the influence of drugs, which a lot of wrestlers do, so I, I can't really hold that against him. But the fact is that he went out there, did a lot of plunder matches, a lot of brawling, and really took liberties with guys that trust you with their body and that's not what pro wrestling's about now having said that the new jack character is something that wrestling needs and i'm not saying you need a a black stereotype basically to go out there and be the angry black man so to speak uh, if that makes any sense but you do need characters people that specialize in characters and performances and promos rather than what they do in the ring. I mean, if you took characters out of wrestling... I mean, the Hulk Hogan, for instance, is not a very good wrestler, but he's a very good character. He's a very great talker, and you need people like that even if they can't do the in-ring stuff all that all that well. You need people like New Jack. And for his time tapping into all of that racial unrest in in the West Coast and also in all the hatred in the Southeast, which we're still dealing with today. But in the early 90s, he certainly tapped into a key portion, a hot-button topic, something that people were going to talk about. He was a character that was going to keep you watching to see what he was going to say and what he was going to do. And as far as... You know, watching his stuff back on the network or on Peacock or whatever, it doesn't really hold up that well to me in 2021, his ECW stuff uh, specifically. But I wasn't in the ECW arena in the 90s. I wasn't there to see these crazy dives. If I was in the arena, I probably would have loved it. I probably would have thought it was the greatest thing ever. Now, But looking back, knowing what we know about CTE, And long-term damage to wrestlers from doing this crazy stuff and knowing that Jerome Young has passed away at the age of 58 doesn't really hold up that well. Most ECW stuff doesn't hold up that well because you just look at the list of rosters and the guys and the ages that they passed away and the abuse on their bodies, and it's just not something that's great. But I think for that moment in time, it offered something that the wrestling audience desired. And that was reality-based, current-event-based, extreme wrestling. And that's what New Jack delivered. He is an embodiment of what ECW stood for during that time. Um, At least 75% of what ECW stood for because there were some actually really good... Obviously, some really good singles matches between great singles wrestlers. RVD taking on Jerry Lynn offers a little something different than a New Jack run-in plunder brawl. But there you have it. That's my thoughts on Dark Side of the Ring New Jack. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Um, Of course, as I mentioned, be sure to check out Crime and Sports' episode about New Jack. You can look them up. I think their website is shutupandgivememurder.com because they also have... Small Town Murder is another podcast they cover, and you can listen to a very well-produced audio documentary about the life of Jerome Young. And we'll return with our next review, our regular Retro Wrestling Podcast review, very soon, and it will feature a New Jack match where he tried to obtain the TV title from Rhino. That's next on the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And until then, I'm Intern Alex saying, bingo, bango.
0: The thing with Jack is he was too much into his gimmick. He, he carried that wherever the f- he was at. He, there was no Jerome Young, it was just New Jack.
1: New Jack can't benefit from any of this reputation he's got anymore because he's, pretty much his active career is over with. So I think now it's more of an albatross around his
0: neck. I was New Jack when I came in the door and I'm still New Jack.
2: And so then who is Jerome Young?
0: That's a difficult question
1: because the line is blurred between Jerome Young and New Jack. If there's a difference, I don't know because I don't know if I ever met Jerome Young. I don't think I wanted to know for sure. Because here was a guy that I could even halfway believe in. The best part about it is the legend, believe it or not, is probably going to be bigger than the person. You know what I'm saying? How stories get, the details get taller and taller and bigger and better as the time goes. He
0: perfected his craft and brought it to the highest level that he could bring it to. Because he knew it would leave a lasting impression.
2: Let's say one day they decide to like make a movie about your life. What would be the end of the
0: new Jack movie? I'm sitting in a wheelchair, snorting coke. <laughs> I'm just sitting there snorting coke, just getting the as a And it'd be like the end. I'd be like,
2: thank you, bitches. <laughs>